The television studio I work at is legendary. For many years, it was not unusual to walk into the commissary and find Sinead O'Connor being gently told not to light up a cigarette inside, to see Ginger Spice sitting on the balcony eating sushi, or watch all of One Direction cram into an elevator. For me, it was all very interesting, but none of the people I had encountered were my heroes. But then I found out Prince was coming into the building. We all received the email warning staff not to go down to where he would be performing unless you entered a lottery and got a wristband. I entered and I lost, but my colleague got two wristbands and mercifully invited me. His interview was first and I was standing right in his eyeline. This was my inner dialogue. Notice me. He's already married, but maybe I do kind of look like his type. Maybe I can get his attention and something could be sparked. The interview ended. He performed a few songs. I danced within a stone's throw away from this legend. And then it was over. Slightly deflated, I made my way back to my office when suddenly I saw him in the hallway. What do I say? I love you? The Ballad of Dorothy Parker is my favorite song? What I ended up blurting out was, nice shoes. To which he said, thanks. We locked eyes for a moment and then he was gone. They say you should never meet your heroes. But is that true? What if you actually connect and there's chemistry? What if they even write a song about you? That's what we're talking about today. Welcome to Cynthia and Josie's Unmentionables, brought to you by KY Canada. Less friction, more fun. So what did you, in your mind, expect <laughs> to happen? I don't know. I, I guess because I had followed along with his first marriage mm-hmm. to this woman who was around my age, who was also a belly dancer. Oh. Yep. And I just thought it was written in the stars that maybe we would have a connection. I don't know what I was hoping. I thought maybe, you know, he'd notice me and be like, say to his entourage, can you find out where that girl's going? Because he's done that before. Well, because like Emilio, if you listen to a prior podcast, he kind of did that. <laughs> That's right? right. Yeah. So anyway, that none of that happened. He yeah. was happily married to the, his second wife, which he's ne- oh, he obviously divorced yeah. from. But anyway, um, yeah, it was silly. It was it was a bit of if I'm being perfectly honest. I'm not sure that I loved that experience of meeting yeah, him in person. I know. You know, and, and it's all those things that you think you could make a connection because in your mind, you've, I've poured over every single one of his songs and I watched every single one of his interviews. And so I felt like I knew him so well. It's that one-sidedness. So of, it would be better not to meet him because no it's, it's always going to disappoint That's no right. matter what. Yeah. I have one other experience of meeting somebody again, and these are those types of musicians that like you have crushes on you mm-hmm. and I know yeah. when you get into musical adoration, <laughs> it is a, such a potent and formulative thing um, it, that it's, it's like embedded in your brain. Songs end up being mixed up with the idea of like certain moments in your life. So for me, the other band that I was obsessed with in the nineties was Radiohead. Oh, well, yeah. I think there's so many people who are obsessed with radio. Right? Yeah. And Tom York, it was just like he who's this strange looking guy, but his lyrics were just so intense and just his voice was so like majestic. And I was just obsessed. And this one day I was leaving work and I, I, I was like, that looks like Tom York walking towards me. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, that is Tom York. And it was one of those days where in Toronto, I called it like the day of the aphids. Do you know those like little tiny bugs that sometimes collect yeah. around in the summer? Sure. I thought they were like midges. Oh, maybe they're midges. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, yeah. you're right. And they were everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so he was walking down the street and he was waving his hand around to get them out of the way. And all I could think about was the fact that I was smoking. 
I was literally wearing plastic shoes at the time mm -hmm. and thinking of fake plastic trees, like whatever. Oh I could my see God. myself <laughs> through his eyes oh, yeah. as just this sort of gross girl with plastic shoes and a weird outfit smoking a cigarette. And I thought, I, if I say anything to him, what am I going to say? Did you say anything? No, because my fear was if I did say anything at all, you would ruin it. Oh, and then he would be mean. Yeah. Like, I thought maybe he's going to be like, well, he's pretentious. Like I think he's pretentious. He might not be, but did you interview seems, him. Have you interviewed him? I've never interviewed Tom York okay. ever. He doesn't do very many interviews and all of his interviews are on another level, right? Like you don't even want to interview him. But later on, I did find out, and I don't know if this is true. This could be one of those rumors, but apparently he had a great interview with a, a host um, a VJ at mm -hmm. the building that I worked at okay. and that they did strike up a, a romantic relationship. So it could have been me. It could have been you. <laughs> you would not have wanted to be with Tom York Prince. Yes. I don't think Tom York was, would be, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You've spent, you know, a huge amount of your career specifically mm -hmm. interviewing musicians, um, and so I can only imagine the number of musicians because you love music in the way yeah. that I do. Yeah. You've encountered ones where it's like huge and life-changing. Yeah. I've interviewed some really amazing, amazing people. I mean, Eddie Vedder was unbelievable. He was exactly what I thought he was. And I think the coolest thing was to be able to watch him interact with someone else. So we were at the stadium where he was performing. It's actually outdoors in amphitheater. And I had just finished the interview with him. And there was a guy who didn't know it was Eddie Vedder, even though he was there to see Pearl Jam. Eddie had just cut his hair. So he'd had long hair and he just cut it. And Eddie looked at this guy after he was done the interview who was like around and he's like, Hey man, do you know where there's a good bike path? <laughs> and the guy was like, yeah, bud, just go go straight over there. It's called the Gardner Expressway. Just take it all over. Like, and was just such an asshole to Eddie Vedder. And Eddie Vedder was like, thanks so much, man. Thanks so much. And then he left. And afterwards I said, you know, that was Eddie Vedder. Right. And the guy honestly in front of me started crying. Because oh, he well, had just had such good, a though. bad interaction. Good, his, I, you know, hero, that's right? a reminder for anyone listening. Like you should never be an asshole yeah. to anyone, yeah. period. Yes. Right. And, and like things like that have happened to me so many times. And my husband um, is in the record business. So he told me that uh, like randomly, he told me that he had picked up Nate from the Foo Fighters on his label. So like, I went for dinner with the foods like, and it's just so weird. Cause you know, they're not my heroes necessarily, but I mean, they've been in my life for so long in this industry. And to know that Nate and his wife and my husband and I have hung out with our kids together and like gone places on vacation together. And it's like, he's from the Foo Fighters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, but I know what you're talking about, but I'm talking, yeah. What I'm talking about right now is more like crushes. Like, yes. because for me, both Prince and Tom York, yeah. they were people who I had a bit of a, like a horny spot for. <laughs> like I was, I would sit around, I mean, particularly Prince yeah. and I would think about his songs and I would want to know more about him and thinking like, ah, just, there was something electric. And I believed that there was like an invisible chemistry. I mean, it's so stupid listening to me say this I now, know, but, but it definitely fun, right? felt intense. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So oh, you have a story. I have a big one. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a big one. Everyone listening. Okay. Pull up so a chair. When I was young, I remember watching the tragically hip. Okay. And, um, I remember being just amazed with Gord Downey, like just how eccentric he was as a front man. He, he didn't fit the band. You know what I mean? Like he was like, he was like the prince in a rock and roll band. Mm. And I remember watching him and thinking like he had no inhibitions and I was mesmerized. And when I was 16, I was at a concert, Eden Fest, and I met a guy who was out in the park and I was just so obsessed with the way Gord was. I wanted to meet him. 
Now I have this story because I got to tell Gord in person this specific story. Do you want to hear me telling Gord the story? Yes. Okay. The first day I met you, uh, I was 16 years old, and I do believe it was Eden Fest. It was a, a concert. Um, I met a guy who said he knew you, and he said, Josie, just go over to that field and stand there for an hour, and Gord will be walking by. And I know this doesn't sound like a very good <laughs> story. <laughs> so I went to the field, <laughs> probably shouldn't have, um, and he's like, get down and, and hide in the grass because Gord is going to walk by you. And you did, and you stopped, and you looked at me, and you said, you're in the grass. <laughs> and I said, yeah, what are you doing in the grass? And I said, I just wanted a picture, and that's the picture that's in my bathroom right now. That is a moment for me, and, and these are things that fans remember. So that happened. I interviewed Gord Downey. I told him this story, and I have to be honest, like before I interviewed him, I remember walking into that interview thinking, like, how am I going to do this interview? And I, am I going to be like an intellect and try to be on the same plane as him? Am I going to try to be this person who, you know, dissects his music? Or am I going to completely fangirl it? And I fangirled the entire interview. <laughs> the ent- I even asked him at the end of the interview to sing a song with me. <laughs> did he do it? He did. And I got in trouble by the whole record company <laughs> afterwards. It was like the most humiliating moment when the record company pulled me aside and said, you cannot do that in an interview. But he did it. What song was it? I don't remember. It's on the, It's online. I should probably oh grab that. We were gonna, maybe going to find it. Well, I'm sure I can send it to you. But anyway... The interview, other than that last part that I felt incredibly embarrassed about, I just felt when you look at Gord, like there was this level of admiration. It was like he was he was so happy that he got to experience like what it was like to be a girl seeing him live for the first time through my words. Like I could tell he really enjoyed the story. I could tell I did something in that interview. You know, when you yep. really want to try to do something, yep. but you're like, what can you do? Right. I felt like I moved. I moved a needle somehow. But then, you know, months goes by. No problem. Don't see Gord again. I'm driving in my car. I'm like getting nervous thinking about this moment. <laughs> I'm driving in my car. This is how much I loved him. And uh, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who said that he is in the middle of an interview. He just finished this interview with another colleague of mine. His name is Alan Cross. And Alan Cross asked him about one of the songs that asked he wrote. Asked Gord about yeah. one of the songs he wrote. I have okay. this audio too. Okay. He asked Gord about one of the songs he wrote. And... Gord said that the song, a specific part of it, was about me. Can we hear this now? Yeah. Okay, we're going to listen to this. Uh, yeah, Sweat of Johnny Cash, Hot Night to the Hash, The Girls in the Grass, which was inspired by uh, Josie Dye, who you know. How, Josie Dye, who? Well, I was doing an interview with her, and she was telling me about a story where she was at this festival, and she was sitting in the grass where I was walking by in hopes that we would talk and we said hello but she was yeah does she know this yet we she told me the story does she know about this no but uh you're in this you're on this record it's cool so uh as you can imagine oh my gosh i am like beyond excited but it doesn't stop there so from that moment it was like that day it was such an amazing day i remember shortly after getting a call from the tragical hips manager and saying that gord would like to invite me to a private concert for friends and family before he went on tour like a warm-up concert and he'd like to invite me so I went, I went to this concert. He sang this song that he wrote about me um, while looking at me. 
Oh my God. But it was like nice. It was just like, there. it was so nice. Right. And this is what I was hoping I for. I'm so jealous. Oh, listen, directly. I don't have any other stories like this. This is like beyond insane. The best, there's so many good parts to this because like tragically hip fans call me the girl in the grass, which is really sweet because the line, like they call me whenever I email something on a hip or message board, which I don't do. But if I do, or anytime I'm out and someone's like, oh, you're the girl in the grass, like tragically hip fans know me as that girl, yeah. which is like kind of in, like your world changes when Gord Downey writes a song and uses you in a song. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, so he invited me backstage after that concert and we talked and, um, he was just genuinely happy that he made me happy with those lyrics. Like you could tell he was genuinely happy. I want to hear a clip of this song. Okay. We can play 10 seconds. I think. Okay. Let's do it. This is yellow days from Gord Downey's solo album, the grand bounce. Here it is. So the song, do you want me to tell you what it's about? Yeah. So it's, well, I mean, there's a lot of different... um, Interpretations? Yes. So sometimes he'll say it's about summer ending, not being able to capture it, and it always leaving you. It's very fleeting. It comes and goes, and it goes too quickly. Or it's about a lover where he, you know, tries to get this lover, but can never really get them. And and, uh, that's about it. (laughs) I, 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 love I like it. the lover one better. I like, I, I mean, I feel like they're both the same thing, right? Like I think they, they probably are. A similar sense of like bittersweetness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think that's the sexiest song Gord has? Yeah. It's super sexy. Right. And I are, don't think there's another sexy song like as sexy as that you know one. It's interesting. You just actually made me realize too, like Tom York doesn't really write sexy love songs mm-hmm. and neither does, neither, Go, neither does Gord. No, no. no. It's interesting. But that's got, a sexy mm, love song. Just saying. I'm just saying. Yep. Have you ever had one of those days that just get in the way of good nights? Good nights as in good sex? Yes. Did you know 16 million Canadians are unhappy with their sex lives? Life's frictions can definitely get in the way, but that's why I always have KY lubricants within reach to keep things smooth. You know what they say, less friction, more fun. Time to have more fun. Pick up KY Lubes today. Okay, back to the story. Did you see him a lot after he wrote that song about you? Our paths crossed a lot after that. I can imagine. I mean, you guys are traveling in the same circle. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, we, you know, we found ourselves at Coachella in California together, yeah. standing beside each other, watching Arcade Fire, um, you know, having drinks. And then like after that, he uh, went on tour with uh, my husband's artist. So like things, you know, our paths would cross a lot on my wedding. He sent me a poem. He sent a, he sent the picture that where I was in the grass that I, that we took, he sent it to me on my wedding day with the lyrics of the song. And, um, yeah, we stayed in touch. So we, we became I, friends. Yeah. I mean, can I ask you, like, obviously you both had your life circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think if, you know, in a different parallel universe, do you think that there could have been something there that could have unfolded in a romantic sense? Um, yeah. 
I think so. Yeah. I think so. We both had our, our like own chemistry. lives. And listen, like we had chemistry. He's just, that's the guy he is though. He makes everyone feel so great and so welcome. Um, but yeah, we had incredible, beautiful texts to each other. Um, you know, and every time we were together, it was, it was just beautiful. He was a really nice person, a really, really great human being. So, I mean, obviously the Tragically Hip and Gord Downey are so loved in this country and beyond. Um, and it was an incredible shock when everybody found out that he had cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you find out? Did you find out like the, I found the out with everybody else, Yeah, found out with everyone else. Um, and then which was devastating, like devastating for everyone when they found out just, I was heartbroken. Um, and then I went to Calgary to see him. Um, and yeah, him and I got to hang out on his tour, which was really, really insane and incredible because he was really under a microscope. Like I remember at the time people, magazines, newspapers were looking for a picture of him and they couldn't get it. So it was like, like, uh, you know, when he was doing the tour yep. because he was sick, everyone wanted to see him. And, um, I remember going to Calgary and, uh, I, I remember talking to him or attempting to talk to him about his illness. He didn't want to talk about it, but he was incredibly gracious with his time and, you know, talked to me about my life. I remember him talking to me about Cole, like he's oh. sick. And I was in the heart at that point of Cole being sick, right? Cole was sick nonstop. And he, he, after his call, like one of his first shows on tour, you know, he spent an hour with me just talking about Cole, oh. you know, yeah. he's sick with cancer. The whole world knows this. Yeah. The whole world knows he's dying. And he spends one full hour with me. Uh, just talking to me after the show about Cole. Um, yeah, then uh, we had a misunderstanding. We were supposed to go for dinner that night and I went for dinner uh, with one of the other guys in the band and then he felt so horrible and then there was this big long text exchange. I remember being on the airplane on the way home and uh, just, just, it was just a really, a really, I'm glad I got that time at the end with him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then and then when he le when he you know, just before, I don't know, at some point he messaged me. I've, I've publicly said this and said, you know, that, um, it's not going to go the way that we had all planned. And he said it in such poetic words that I was like, how does he, how, how is he doing this right now? Where he said, you know, Josie, I'm so sorry. He said, but the plane is going down, mm. you know? Oh, and this was how long before he, he passed. Um, so that was in September. Mm. So he died October 17th. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. mean, so if I had to ask you this, you know, question that we started with, which is like, should you meet your heroes? Like what, what would your answer be to My that? My answer would be yes to Gord. Cause Gord, and maybe it's just the type of person Gord was. He was just a nice, good human being who, you know, was, but listen, he's the only one I've ever come across. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> He's the only one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever met one of your heroes? Maybe it was on the street. Maybe it was in a grocery store. Maybe it was after a concert. We want to hear your stories. Reach out to us. Hello at Cynthia and Josie.com. Ideally send a voice note. We want to hear it. Um, and you know, I think the thing is, is that most celebrities, people in the public eye, they appreciate it. When, Absolutely. You know, they're recognized. Absolutely. Yeah, some kind yeah. of jerk to be like, don't bug me. I'm Tom York. <laughs> I'm not saying he did but that. There's so many. <laughs> there are like, listen though, 
I mean, to sum all this up, yeah, I had one really good experience, but I do think if I were a celebrity, like if I were an A-list celebrity and you're more of a celebrity than I am, so you probably have more stories like this than I do. I think it's also, it, it would be mentally exhausting to pay the like attention to every single person sure. who does, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, don't expect that to happen. No, no, there, I that's I've true. had people call the radio station and say, Oh, Josie, I remember when I called you 10 years ago and you kind of were a bit short to me on the radio, oh, like stuff unfair. like that. And that it's like, you, you have to understand and listen, I'm like, there's, I'm not even close to anywhere near any of these people or even you, but like a lot of the times We've People, been recognized on the street. Yeah. We've been recognized. Like, we are twice. like G <laughs> or H. I was going Z. Z list. I don't think we're Z list. I don't think I'm even on the alphabet. <laughs> I'm going to go middle of the alphabet M list. Anyway, I, I, I think most people like I, I get stopped. I get stopped occasionally and in strange places. Sometimes it's, it is in the grocery store or on a trip or something like that. And I think most people are so sweet. And I get that feeling of like, you feel like you've gotten to know someone and you have yeah through their music, through, through their, their, their words, stories, whatever. And I actually, I think it's always a lovely thing. Yes. You shouldn't expect, you know, like a, a ton of time out of something, yeah. but I think, I think most people do appreciate. And if you think about someone like Gord Downey, like, and the amount of time he put into his fans, yeah. Like, of course he deserved the level of fame that he got, especially at the end of his life, especially because I mean, he, he did, but to do that requires a lot of sacrifice. I think Mm -hmm. like you think about him and his, his life that he had, like if he spent that kind of effort on me, I'm sure he spent that effort on a lot of different people. Yes. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But that's, I mean, again, it was probably part of what fueled his artistry. So there's this yes. kind of connected dot, this dot of, I don't know. It's a beautiful kind of like yeah. story. Yeah. Um, and you inspired a song and that's not something that everyone can say. And it's go listen to Yellow Days. Go download it now. Yeah. And actually, you know, guys, as always, we want to hear from you. Um, you can reach out to us through our website, uh, CynthiaAndJosie.com. Yep. Always helpful if you leave a, a, a five-star rating. Uh, it matters. It puts us on the charts or up there. You know, tell your friends. We have heard so many great stories during the summer of people getting together in groups and listening and sharing. And yeah. so uh, please keep that coming. And if you have ideas or stories, we want to hear from you. 